This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Shecky Show. Hey, how you doing? This is Tatum O'Neill. I want to tell you about my new upcoming film. It's called... You talking to me? Shut up and eat your Coney Island. Uh, and my co-host, I mean my co-star in this movie, uh-huh. is going to be Jodie Foster. Okay? I see. Shut up and eat your Coney Island. You talking to me? Something like that. Uh-huh. We still haven't settled who's going to be your lead. Okay. But it's going to be great. <laughs> it's like a reality series. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, we're now we're getting there. Tatum, you sound very uh, New York cab driver-ish from 1975. Well, after I had my relationship with John McEnroe, everything went downhill. Let's just put it that way. I see. You cannot be serious. I see. Okay. Next up. Mm. Terrence Howard and his favorite flavor of the day. You can't. Why are you obsessed with him and ice cream? It's weird. I'm just saying, when the man is acting well, he's eating ice cream. It's something about him. He's like, you know, what would really sell this scene if I could just chew on a, a piece of candy or eat some ice cream. Okay. Well, then I can, you know. What have you seen him eating ice cream in? Oh, uh, that movie, that show. The uh, something the pines? The main one. The main one is The Pines. The Pines. In Pinin. T- uh, was it tw- Twisted Pines? Withering. No. Withering pine? No, it's not. What was it? See, and that's why that show didn't do good, because no one knows what it's called. Sounds it, like something, you know, but you just don't know. I thought it was really good. Something to do with something a pines. Something pines. Something pines. Well, any show that has that guy in it. You, you know love the guy. Terrence Howard? No, the other guy. Matt Dillon? No. Well, see, the, what kind of a cast that I love so many guys? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Toby? Oh, 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 Toby Toby Jones. Jones. You love Toby Jones. Nah, that guy's a good actor. Uh, anyway, oh. come on. Let's. I'm thinking seriously. This we might have something here with Jodie Foster and Tatum O'Neill. Uh huh. Okay. Welcome, 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 everyone, uh, to episode number 62 of the Middle Age Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast, featuring your pals, hey, Jodie Foster and Tatum O'Neill. I told oh you that already. God. <laughs> okay, uh, Tatum. Oh, I see. I see. I'm Tatum. All right. What? <laughs> Nothing. I see. All right. Tatum. Now, if I had a child, I'd name him Tatum. Tater. Come over here, Tater. Uh, it must be a family name. I don't know. I don't Tatum. know. I don't necessarily care. Hey, it's Tatum. Uh-huh. We're going to name him Tatum. All right. Duh. Anyway, today's episode is not about Tatum O'Neill. Tell me, have you ever heard of the word? I mean, there's no one else named Tatum. That's not a name. Are you asking me to look up the name Tatum? You ever met anyone named Tom Sawyer? 
It's fake, just like Tatum. There's no Tom Sawyer. There's no Tatum. There's Tom Sawyers. I never met one. Well, that's that's fine, but you know. He's a modern day warrior. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So that's my tribute to Neil Peart. You hang out with a lot of uh, Neil Peart's New York Jews, so I'm not sure that Tom Sawyer is a New York Jew name. I I painted white fences when I was a kid. Hmm. I like the book. White wash. Um. All right, back to reality. Yes, uh, we did lose uh, Neil Peart this week um, from a something terrible, some brain cancer that I guess he didn't really, it was kind of on the down low. So he went out as he wanted to, which I uh, think is admirable. Though, now, when as I you was said, a kid, it made it more shocking, right? Yeah, it was more shocking to the fans. Thanks, Neil. Well, I'll tell you what, I was never a huge fan, although I do appreciate his drumming. Uh-huh. Uh, the thing is, uh, yeah, Rush is just too damn white. All right. Wouldn't this is it? not Dave on Rush. Uh, this is Dave on Rush. That What is that, some sort of gay thing? No, but that would be an episode would be of Dave a show. Dave on Amal Nitrate. Dave on Rush. What, like fast rock songs? <laughs> Dave on... Come on, that's a line from... Uh, uh, that's a line from uh, I Love You, Man. All right, that's fine. All right. Today's, so, okay. What were you saying? I think today's episode is all about Saturday Night Live. Oh, excellent, because it's Sunday. Well, uh, this is the thing. Saturday Night Live has, I believe, 45 seasons. So um, I don't even think we could do 45 episodes, one season, one episode per season, and still cover things that probably need cover. However, uh, there is some stuff we can talk about, um, and it's just going to be a mishmash of our feelings about Saturday Night Live, what we remember fondly about certain things, and uh, maybe not so fondly, depending on how Dave is feeling today. You're right. All right, so a little quick history of SNL. Are you ready? Yeah. From 1965 until September 1975, NBC ran the best of Carson reruns of The Tonight Show, airing them on either Saturday or Sunday night at local affiliates' discretion. In 1974, Johnny announced that he wanted the weekend shows pulled and saved so they could be aired during the weeknights, allowing him to take some time off. Wait, you're telling me mm-hmm. that The Tonight Show mm-hmm. ran seven days a week? I think they ran live five days a week, and on Saturday or Sunday, they did a repeat of some sort. I don't know if it was from that week or some sort of best of. Uh, well, that's how you do it. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but he wanted to have Fridays off, I think. All right. Or any day. He's probably working his ass off. Uh, So, in 1974, NBC President Herbert Schlosser. Love that guy. uh Uh-huh. Approached his vice president of late night programming, Dick Ebersol. I don't like that guy. He's a dick. And asked him to create a show to fill the Saturday night time slot. Oh, you want me to create a show? Let me call my friend. He knows how to create a show. At the suggestion of Paramount Pictures, executive executive Barry Diller, Schlosser, and Ebersol then approached Lorne Michaels. All right. One of these things is not like the other. I think they're all Jews, Dave. Ebersol? Yeah. I never heard such a name. Mike, I I would have to guess that it's... 
Uh, maybe not, but that's my guess. But who cares? Uh, over the next three weeks, Ebersole and Michaels developed the letters idea for a variety show featuring high-concept comedy sketches, political satire, and music performances that would attract 18 to 34-year-old viewers. Wait, now that sounds fucking hip. Uh, by 1975, Michaels had assembled a talented cast, including Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Chevy Chase, Jane Curtin, Garrett Morris, Lorraine Newman, Michael O'Donohue, Gilda Radner, and George Coe. Who the fuck is George Coe? The show was originally called NBC's Saturday Night. With George Coe. Because Saturday Night Live was in use by... Are you ready? Uh, it was in use by Howard Cosell. That's right. Saturday Night what? Live. What? It's right? With Shut Howard up. Cosell. It's not right. How the fuck did I get that? That's ridiculous. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's weird, man. Are Holy you serious? Holy cow. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was, That's scary. That was a guess. It was in use by Saturday Night Live with Howard Cosell on the rival network ABC. Oh, my fucking God. That's ridiculous. That is absurd. Did that just come to you? Yeah. Maybe you're a psychic or something. I'm a sidekick on the Dave and Shecky show. You're not. You're the star. Believe me. Um, After the cancellation of the Cosell show, NBC purchased the rights to the name and in 1976 officially adopted it as the new title. Medium. More like, ex- more like extra large, am I right? No, but seriously, can I ask you something? What did I, did I say the word medium? I'm just saying you said I was a psychic. Oh, okay. Hey. I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm look, looking at Wikipedia and I'm like, I didn't just say the word medium. I have no idea what he's talking about. Now, I'm not going to get carried away here, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell you that Wikipedia don't know what the fuck they're talking mm. about. So every time they're begging for your money at uh-huh. the top of the screen, yes. go tell them to fuck themselves. Okay. If you want to pay someone, pay me, because I will tell you more. Well, why Wikipedia. don't you tell me the behind-the-scenes story that well, Wikipedia is clearly lacking scenes on, according story to you? Yes? It's a, a three-pronged hydra. Oh, I you know, see. You cut off one head and another one spouts out. Okay. You got Canada, uh-huh. Chicago, uh-huh. and New York City. And what? New York City. Oh, I see. Yeah. Now, what's going on here in the 60s? Mm. People started taking marijuana Ooh. and ingesting it. Ooh. And that might have been a bad thing. Okay. But it did spawn one thing. Mm-hmm. And that was parody. Ah. Now, parody existed before that, but this took it to a whole other level. Okay. Because television and parody combined and created Studio One, was it called? Mm. It might have been called that. Okay. It was also called Groove Tube. You oh, ever seen the Groove Tube? Yes. Or fucking hitchhiking? Yes. Yeah, well... Chevy Chase was in the groove tube. I see. Okay. And so was the Bells. Bells was not in the groove tube. Bells is in the motherfucking groove tube. Oh, okay. The Bells He's is in a scene group. with Chevy Chase. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know how that exactly tied. Now, I don't know how Ken Shapiro got left out of SNL, but. He's not part of SNL. Especially with the cabal that got together to make SNL, you'd think he would be right in there. Well, who's George Coe? George Coe? Uh. Is that with a K? No, it's C-O-E. Oh, like David Allen. George Coe was an American actor and cast member of the first season of Saturday Night Live and voiced the character of Woodhouse in Archer. Okay, now, well, what? So what, there's I, a I, bit I, of a space the, there. This is some Mandela effect shit, because he's never been mentioned as the, the cast member of the first Saturday Night Live ever. You don't think so? Well, who, who is he? What does he even look like back then? 
I must have order, please, or I'll be forced to clear this courtroom. George Coe? Coe, C-O-E. Man, what? Belushi, Aykroyd, uh, Garrett Morris, Chevy Chase. Curtin. The, the three chicks. Newman. And, uh, Radner and Coe. No Coe. There's no Coe. Sure? What the fuck is Coe? Are you sure what? he wasn't the biggest thing going? Give, give me one on-air character that he had. Would you kindly tell the court in your own words what the defendant allegedly said to you when he pulled you into the alleyway? He said, hey, hey, baby, how, how'd you like to, uh, I can't. Uh, please, Miss Davis. I know this is very difficult for you, but this is extremely important evidence. This is absurd. Co. Clearly the least famous of the SNL alumni. Uh, it says here, Co. was an original member of the Not Ready for Primetime Players, the original cast of Saturday Night Live. He was only credited as a cast member for the first show, which uh, was October 11th, 1975, Co was used in several other episodes of SNL, but was never credited again. Ah, <laughs> uh, that all sounds really shady. I don't even think he was in the first episode. You think it's all uh, some sort of weird? Someone uh, probably just fit that in there. They're like, manipulation. Hey, here's five hundred dollars, and I'm gonna turn the other cheek when I say that I'm on Saturday Night Live. You think maybe? Do you think George Co is like George Glass and just a whole made-up thing? Shit don't exist, man. He was never a part of the cast. That's a fucking ridiculous. George Absolutely Coe. ridiculous. I, I love how Wikipedia just leaves out the origins uh, of uh, Saturday Night Live. They don't mention any of this backstory that is completely true that I just told you about Studio One. We interviewed fucking Buzzy, and he told us about how they would go uh, and get high and go see the fucking show live, and they would freak out because there was these commercials would come on out of nowhere, and they'd think they were real commercials, and then all of a sudden they'd turn into some crazy, you know, pot-drenched insanity. That's that's what Saturday Night Live came out of. That's why those commercials are part of Saturday Night Live. Oh, but Wikipedia, George Coe. Hey, he's a real big part of it. So stupid. George Coe. So, yeah. <laughs> it's it's GrooveTube. It's, I think it was called Studio One, which uh -huh. was basically live Saturday Night Live. And uh, National Lampoon's Radio Hour, and even before that, really, the live uh, at the Village Gate show, which was the Lemmings, which they made the album out of, which was the parody of Woodstock. Lemmings, honestly, is a big part of the template for Saturday Night Live. Uh, well, I will say that... I would, you know, anyone who can... Let me... It's hard to cut you off. But anyone who can, you check out Lemmings. That shit is brilliant. It's basically also, also the uh, template for Spinal Tap. It's Spinal Tap and Saturday Night Live in 1972. All right, I don't want to bring anybody down or ruin the so-called groovy vibes, but I have an important message here. I got a weather communique from the Weather Bureau. You know, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. All right. The time has come for all of us to objectively analyze the situation and take the correct remedy. We are all of us black and white, brothers and sisters, pigs. We owe the third world off ourselves. If you are not a black, homosexual, working-class woman, you're an oppressor, pig! You deserve to die! Well, 
None of that is mentioned here in the history and development of Saturday Night Live on Wikipedia. Retarded. Where do you think Bill Murray came from? He came from fucking <laughs> from National Lampoon. He came from uh, he came from the the National Lampoon Radio Hour. Where do you think Chevy Chase come? He came from. He came from Groove Tube, and he came from fucking. He's in. He's in Lemmings. He's in the fucking show Lemmings with Christopher Guest. They don't know what they're talking about. So please. Instead of Wikipedia, I'll gladly take your money. All right. Well, all right. Send, uh, maybe someone will start a GoFundMe for you, Dave. Yeah, go funk me, all right? Oh, shit, son. So, uh. <laughs> all right, so that's the backstory. That's the backstory according to Dave. Uh. I grew up on Broadway. I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Are you. You grew up... My, uh, not on Broadway. I was going to say, you, I, I, that makes I, it seem I, like you I went were... to a lot of shows is what I mean. Okay. I was a Broadway kid. I, uh, I saw a lot of Broadway shows. Okay. I was an insider. So, like I mentioned earlier, there are 45 seasons of Saturday Night Live. That's too many. <laughs> so, many eras. You know, uh, the, the beginning, um, the weird Ebersol era... <laughs> The uh, even weirder error of that chick. What, what chick? Some chick Jean. Oh, Jean. She had. She only. She was part. I think she only took Jean over. Jeannie. She took over Saturday Night Live. I think for half a season. They quickly booted her out. But um, so we've got the Lauren Michaels, the Dick Ebersol, and then Lauren Michaels comes back. And has stayed, I guess, since, uh, I guess this was 90-ish, maybe. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But uh, is there an era that stands out most for you? Yeah, it's the first cast, the first era, the first season, uh, the first, 1975 through 1980. That uh, definitely stands out, I would say, for sure. That, for me, will always be the best Saturday Night Live. For some reason, I can't say Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, that's the best Saturday Night Live I ever heard. Well, what is it about? What was... Well, what maybe was it it's because it was the first time we were seeing it, so it was revolutionary. And we were also younger, and there was also less happening in the world in terms of your uh, options for entertainment. Also, mm. as a kid, to even stay up to 1130 to watch it was something in itself. Yes. So, you know, all that being said... You know, I saw that like we like we saw The Shining when we were kids. You know, that for me is the scariest horror movie. But maybe if I saw it as an adult, it wouldn't be. I don't know, but I think it might be. I have a feeling it still would be. And in the same sense, I have a feeling that first cast of SNL is the best because you can't really beat uh, John Belushi and his eyebrow moves. Yeah. And you can't beat Chevy Chase with his absurd stupidity, and you can't beat Bill Murray or Aykroyd. And the chicks, there's none of them that are that bad, so <laughs> it's actually it's actually just the the best all around cast. It just is. Also, the writers are the best. Tim Davis, Tiv, Tom, Tom Davis. So yeah, he was, in my opinion, the heart and soul of SNL, and uh, he really encapsulated what it was about in the early years. He even said in an interview how uh, when they started there. You know, you'd go into the writer's room and it smelled like amazing skunkweed. He's like, he was like, you know, he'd never smelled that before. And like, that was like the best. 
the best weed was being smoked and it was just party atmosphere and really great. And then he said he left the show after a few years and then he was rehired. And when he was rehired and he came back, it was nothing like that. The atmosphere had totally changed. They had moved into the just say no generation and it was like really stiff and uptight and there was no more skunk weed smell in the hallways. And he said everything had changed. What year again was that? I believe he's talking around 1984 that he came back. I could be wrong. So, yeah, 1984, shit started to get... Uh... He, he left the show, and when he came back, it was different. But when it started, it was like these stoners. Like I was saying, it was like these artsy stoner cats who were, like, you know, making fun of... of um, making fun of tradition, making fun of, you know, right. the establishment. That's what that is, you know, making fun of those commercials. It was, you know... It was like counterculture. It was way humor. outlandish. It was... It was laughing to the third it was like laughing only for stoners mm -hmm. so that's where that is I, I can't believe that they don't mention studio one or any of that stuff in wikipedia it's, well it maybe it's you know maybe there's books out there that do mention it i guess but okay anyway so yeah that first season though that first cast is for me the standout you know there's others after that i really love the first cast a lot um it brings back memories of me you know watching ridiculously close to a television set on the lowest volume possible um i just remember saturday nights i you know i'd be made to go to bed at whatever time and i would just sit in front of that tv and it would be you know uh nine o'clock love boat ten o'clock fantasy island and then 11 o'clock to 11:30 was the most trying time because I had to sit through news. <laughs> and then finally at 11.30 would be uh, Saturday Night Live and I would watch it and it would be, you know, it, would, it was a combination of, of funny and outrageous as far as what they could say. I mean, I was very little, so it, was, it came across as very shocking to me. Mrs. Potter? Yes, that's me. The same Mrs. Potter who's vice president in charge of loans for the Franklin National Bank of Chicago? Yeah, that's me. Hey, this is for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, may I come in? What for? Uh, well, you see, ma'am, when a VIP like yourself uh -huh. comes to Moline to do business, it's customary for the company to send a gal up to the room. Compliments of Great Lakes Feed and Grain. <laughs> and, well... Since you're a gal, the company sent me, Fred Garvin, male prostitute. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you understand, Fred. I'm not uh, that kind of girl. Let me reassure you, ma'am. I can assure you professional hygiene, uh -huh. discretion, and animal gratification. I have never had to pay for that in my whole life. Well, don't worry about it. Great Lakes Feed and Grain is picking up the tab. You've got me for the whole night. It was outlandish. It was, it was, it was outrageous. As, and as a kid, it was, it was kind of mind-blowing. Uh, so I do love that first cast, but there are other casts that I have, you know, I, I, maybe it was because of my age, but that Piscopo, uh, Eddie Murphy combo, 
is sticks out in my heart as like as something that was just I just adored those two together. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Sinatra, sir. He's here. Patrolman. Yes, sir. Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder, you are aptly named. Like I said many times, you are truly a wonder. Thanks a lot, Frank. Let me ask you something. Do you do your own hair? Uh, no, I don't. Then you got no excuse. <laughs> Little joke, Stevie looks great. Come on over here to the piano. It's right in front of you, my friend. You all right there? There you go. Fine. You know, Frank, I feel it is a tremendous honor to be recording with you. Thank you, Stevie. I feel, I feel the same. I, I'm very much into that tune you do with the Beatle kid. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the one that looks like a broad. His name's Paul McCartney, Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the dude. Uh, would you be so kind as to uh, run down that song for me, Stevie? Please. Uh... Ebony and ivory. Stevie, now, now, now something tells me that this is more than a song about playing the piano. Uh, Frank, it, it's about racial equality and the unity of all people. Well, uh, I don't understand. When I think Ebony, I think of a magazine that most people do not buy. <laughs> and, and when I think of Ivory, I think of a soap that floats. I just thought they were great. And I, you know, I, I guess I always was wanting them to do movies. They never did? Like, you know, like uh, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin Chris type Kipo shit. Chris did movies with someone else, though. Who did he do it with? I don't, I don't know who he did movies with, but he was not, it was, it was not, you know, Martin and Lewis uh, caliber stuff. No. But, uh, so, I mean, there's a few eras that I really like, you know, him, then, of course, Dava, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers together. There's been some really great combinations of people. Yeah. Um, throughout the years. That's for sure. So uh, I have a few. F I have a few favorite standouts, I guess. Do you have like a favorite episode or guest? Uh, well, least favorite guest, I'd have to say, is Brandon Fraser. Ha! We went there that time. We were at that one. Yes. <laughs> and was it Coolio? Was the uh, no? It wasn't Coolio. No, they all look alike. Who, I'm sorry, who was it? Buster Rhymes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was Buster Rhymes. It was, the sound was terrible in the, in the uh, auditorium. Yes, and you know what? It was at that show that I kind of started thinking that they pipe in laughs uh, on the other end. So when you're watching it at home, yeah. I, you're seeing, you're hearing laughs plus, live laughs plus, because it, it, there was a lot of not laughing in that audience. They're so stupid in the theater, honestly. They fucking uh, put the monitors up there, so no one's watching the stage. Everyone's just watching television while they're sitting there live. That's how, yeah, that's, that's how Letterman insanity. it was, too, when I went to see that. It's like, what are you doing? Because, they, well, but you know why? Because there's all these stage people standing in front of you with cue cards, so the camera what? guy. It's a live experience. Yeah. Everyone needs to watch it. 
it's so removed from uh, the theater experience. It's, that's a, you say it's taped in front of a live audience. They should say taped in front of a live or you know performed in front of a live audience watching it on monitors. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. It is weird, and but the th- like I said, the thing that it really I I I've seen a few Saturday Night Lives. Uh, I was there for. Um, I think it was Courtney Cox and uh, uh, Forrest Gump Rock. Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews. And I I feel like that was a funnier show, but I'm pretty sure that as of a certain time, they're just, they're also, it's just Live Laughs Plus. I don't know when it started, but uh, it's, it's, it, it, the laughs are, it's almost like the crowd is nervous or something. Cause I they, don't know. It's all fucked up now, man. It wasn't like that in the seventies. Well, I don't know. I don't know how. I I Everybody don't think it was tight. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't. She's I, all stiff. <laughs> okay. So. My favorite episode is Gil Scott Heron and Richard Pryor. Oh shit! Now that's, that's a surprise. Uh. What's a, what about that episode that sticks out in your mind so much? Uh, well, particularly, I like, what's the word, Johannesburg. There's a man I wanted on the show in his organization, his latest album, Gil Scott Heron. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gil Scott Heron. Brothers and sisters in South Africa called Johannesburg, and when we say... What's the word? We'd like to have y'all help us out say in Johannesburg. Let's go. Johannesburg was that like a apartheid thing yeah that was uh that was Gil Scott Heron trying to bring you know the to the public eye what was going on in uh, South Africa is anybody trying to uh, bring to the public eye what's happening now this was before Stevie Van Zandt and Sun City yeah but you see what's what's happening happening now now, Gil Scott Heron is died from crack cane Oh, is that true? Gil Scott is no longer around to tell us what's happening, so the world has gone astray. Oh, is that Now, that's my take on things. Now, when Gil Scott was around, things was a lot better. Crackane? Crackane got the best of the man. So did he overdose, or did he just die of a heart problem? Oh, he just died, man. His body just done going. He gave out on him. Yeah, you can't do that shit. Not when you're old. He was in his 60s or late 50s or something. Oh, well, then maybe he died of something else. Well, it was crackane. Hmm. 
I'll tell you one thing. Yes. Gil Scott Heron was a brilliant, brilliant man. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, well, whatever. You know, I don't know. It's a shame what happened to him. Uh-huh. And then, other than that, I like the racially charged scene between Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor. Oh, we got one more uh, kind of psychological test we always do here. It's just a word association. I'll uh, throw you out a few words. Uh, anything that comes to your mind, just throw it back at me, okay? Just kind of an arbitrary thing. Like if I said dog, you'd say... Tree. Tree. <laughs> Tree. Fast. Slow. Rain. Snow. White. Black. Bean. Pod. Negro. Whitey. Tar baby. What'd you say? Tar baby. Jungle Bunny. Peck of wood. Burhead. Cracker. Spear chucker. White trash. Jungle Bunny. Hunker. Spade. Hunky hunker. Nigger. Dead hunky. qualified for this job. Uh, how about a starting salary of $5,000? Your mama. Uh, $7,500 a year. Your grandma. $15,000, Mr. Wilson. You'll be the highest paid janitor in America. Just don't, don't hurt me, please. Okay. Okay. You want me to start now? Oh, no, no, no. It's all right. I'll clean all this up. I'll take a couple of weeks off. You look tired. <laughs> I have a feeling if Richard Pryor didn't do so many goddamn hard drugs, like the crack cane, he wouldn't have gotten that muscular dystrophy or whatever the fuck it was. MG, MMS, he wouldn't got that man's square garden disease. So, MSG. I feel like a lot of people probably died. A lot of people who had excessive drugs in that time and were probably very creative passed away of because their bodies were not treated properly. Well, you know. Some of the most brilliant people are the most, ta- most tortured souls. Yeah, tortured. Ignorance is bliss. And That's true. Blisserance is AIDS. Uh-huh. What? Blisserance yeah. is AIDS? Blisserance is AIDS. Uh-huh. Okay, this is going in a weird way. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. That's what happens when you get in Richard Pryor and Gil Scott. Imagine that party in the dressing room. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to be a fly on that wall because you might not uh, escape the room without a, a crack cocaine. Can you imagine Gil Scott Heron? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Gil Scott Heron and uh, Richard Pryor hanging out at SNL. Now that would have been fun. Unless you were a white woman, then you would have been molested. Just ask Shelly Pryor. Okay, now I'm rambling. Just ask George Coe. Just ask Richard Pryor's son. 
Wasn't he raped by someone? I don't know. What Wait, are you, well, now well, you're bringing up some weird shit, man. Richard Pryor's son said he was forced to have sex with someone who wasn't now. Some black guy. Oh, it's coming to me. It's coming to me. It was a white guy. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando had anal sex with Richard Pryor's son. Okay. Well, I, uh, what am I, I wrong? <laughs> no, wait. Marlon Brando had oral sex with Richard Pryor. Maybe that's what it was. Something about Marlon Brando. It says, Richard Pryor suggests he was raped by Paul Mooney. Hey, no. No, 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 no. That's Richard Pryor Jr. Richard Pryor Jr. Oh. There we go. That's what it was. Well, Paul Mooney Negro is... Negro Damas. Paul Mooney is not uh, a straight man. Well, is 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 not uh, who did you say was Marlon Brando? It's not the same. Isn't it rumored that Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando had homosexual affair? Is that a rumor? I don't know. Where are you getting all this? These? Shit's coming out to tarnish my heroes, man. I gotta be honest. No one wants to hear that. Speaking of which, hey Paul, shut up. I feel like that's such a weirdly specific thing to accuse someone of that. Uh, well, we saw Richard Pryor Jr. on uh, Anthony's show. He seemed pretty reputable. Yeah. I mean, if he says that Paul Mooney uh, molested him. And then uh, it didn't Richard Pryor want to kill Paul Mooney or something because of it? I don't know this whole story, but. I don't know. It's getting shady. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Gil Scott Heron never did that. No, but seriously. Uh, I, I, I have no reason to doubt Richard Pryor Jr., honestly. I don't know. Does TMZ believe him? I don't. Th I think they don't go that far. Yeah, they don't want to get sued. It says, as we reported, Mooney flat out denied the bodyguard's allegations, saying there's no truth to anything Khan said. We reached out to them regarding this new Richard Jr. claim, but so far, no word back. Yeah. Well. Pryor's widow, Jennifer Lee, has said Richard Jr. has previously accused Mooney of sexually assaulting him during a family event, which she claims to have on tape. Well, I bet it happened. I don't. Yeah, I got to be honest. I, when I see Paul Mooney, I don't think of him as a virtuous person. Paul Bazuni. Paul Looney. He just seems like a, a crazy person. Well, doesn't make him a bad person. No, but I could. It, maybe it, it does. Makes makes me think that perhaps you know he he may have inappropriately did stuff. Yep, yep, yep. It happens now. Apparently, there's some bad people out there. So your fa so your for you your favorite episode is. Paul, uh, <laughs> Paul Mooney probably has something to do with it. Richard Pryor and Gil Scott Heron. And was that your favorite episode this whole time? This whole time that you've been watching Saturday Night Live, like as a child, you were like, this is some good shit? Well, that's just what I think of. That's, the, that's the classic? Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to think of my favorite musical guest, it's probably him. And Richard Pryor was my favorite comedian, basically. George Carlin, too. He was also on there. But somehow it doesn't strike me as being as... I think that sketch with uh, Chevy Chase and Pryor is pretty legendary. Yeah. So that's probably what I'm thinking of. You know, there's various uh, funny skits, 
sketches, whatever the difference is between those two, uh, throughout the years. You know, I love uh, the uh, blind uh, mayor. Oh, my God. The blind governor, whatever the fuck he was. Yeah, the governor of New York. The, was Coming Fred into Armisen. the shot. But Fred Armisen in blackface? And, yeah. and are people Fred, upset about that? Jesus Christ. Fred Armisen doing almost anything was hysterical. Yeah. When he did that thing as Boy George... Oh, my God, that was really fucking funny, man. I mean, there's some really funny shit. Now, you have been convicted of handcuffing a male prostitute to a wall and beating him with a chain because you thought he was looking on your computer. Well, look, that's only half the story, isn't it? See, what happened, look, I've been gay for a long time, yeah. <laughs> right, so last year, I hired a, a gay prostitute, right? Nothing wrong with that. Well, there is, but, you know, continue. <laughs> So, so, he, he, he comes over, right, and we're having a laugh, right, and I do that thing where I go into the other room to be weird, right? <laughs> and, like, when I come back, I get this epiphany that this bloke has touched my computer. So I do the right thing and I handcuff him to the wall, right? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, again, there's a lot wrong with that. <laughs> so, look, everything's going fine. Everything's going fine till the guy gets into a tease because I start beating him with a length of chain, yeah? <laughs> Because there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so then right at the point when I really don't want the police to show up, they do. <laughs> so, as you can see, it's like a misunderstanding. It's all it is, isn't no, it? No, no, it's not. Because it sounds like you beat a man with a chain because you're a maniac. <laughs> look, Seth, darling, all right, look. For, let's do this, yeah? Close your eyes. No. <laughs> No, do it. Close your eyes. No. Look, picture this, all right? Oh, you look. There's a computer, yeah? And you love it. You love it with all your heart. And then someone's touching it. Right, they're touching the screen and they're opening applications and they're copying and pasting. Uh, and they don't know what they're doing, yeah? Because they're a prostitute. Right, can you see it? Some bloke touching your computer. Tell me, Seth, right now, wouldn't you handcuff him and beat him with a length of chain? No, I would not. No, I yeah, wouldn't. You would. No, I would not have. Yeah, you and would. And you shouldn't have either. You're standout people in every era, I yeah. think. Almost every era. Yep. So it's, it is hard to say. I mean, Armisen, Will Forte, uh, Jason Sudeikis, that's a great cast. Hater. Bill Hader, yeah. I mean, those four, that... that that shit was firing on all cylinders, for sure. The only problem is then you get like Sandberg in there and it starts to get a little weird and then they get even weirder. Seth Meyers, Fallon. Seth, fuck Seth Meyers. Yeah. He's like, you could tell that guy's a dick. Yeah. He seems like a total dick. So this is like, look at him. Him, Jimmy Fallon, they look like dicks. Yeah. But other than that... Uh, I mean, there are some Sandler is, stars. clearly yes. is cool. You can tell he's a cool guy. Sandler is a huge star. There are... That show, for better or for worse, has churned out. And this is kind of crazy because it's a show that's on so fucking late at night. So you think, 
it's turned out mega stars mike myers austin powers so we were discussing with we eddie murphy you think is the biggest star i think yeah in my heart and in my brain eddie murphy but sandler is pretty damn close sandler is really a huge star I mean, who's earned more money at the box office i wonder sandler's more prolific that's true i, I maybe well let's look it up adam sandler you know now that we think of it he's pretty damn big he might he's well nah, eddie murphy's so legendary i would say that adam sandler would probably say that murphy is bigger than him hold on we're going to ranker.com oh jesus that sounds militant all right according to ranker.com we'll do the top 10 all right they're number 10 chevy chase they cite community oh, Saturday it's not george Live, and the chevy Ch Maybe Co is number one. Why don't you just chill out and wait? Number nine. Yeah. Mike Myers. Okay. Wait, who was? The, oh, Chevy Chase, Mike Myers. Okay. Number eight. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. And this is in terms of what? Ranker.com. Wait, what are they basing it on? I think it's just fan favorites. Oh, it's not box office. No, we'll find that out though. Hold on. All right. Uh, so number eight, Dan Aykroyd. We can't we can't discount Ghostbusters. Aykroyd's great. It was huge, and we got Stripes, right? Yeah. Was he in Stripes? Uh, no, just no. Bill Murray. Bill Murray and Harold Ramos. Well, also, we've got him in Blues Brothers. Yes. So Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters, huge. Yeah, he's also in uh, Cohen Heads. Ugh. He's also in uh, Dr. Detroit. Woo! That's a good one. Number seven, Will Farrell. Okay, I would have thought he was a little... Okay, what else? Who's next? Number six. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Uh, yeah, they hate the Jews. Who's they, next? Number five, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, okay. I mean, we don't <laughs> like him. <laughs> Fallon's more popular than Sandler. It's, but we don't like him, but he was... Dude, he is the the host of The Tonight Show. Yeah, he's been forced on us. Ugh. Number four is a surprise uh, entry. Robert Downey Jr. I, I don't even think of him as a cast member. Yeah, uh, I guess. I, I mean, that's he one is of those, awfully. Let's, let's, that's one of those. Let's hire the Rat Pack to make this show work. He's awfully uh, I mean, Brat Pack. popular, but. Uh, Emphasis on the first word there. Number three, the only female entry. Ew, that sounds sexy. Why would you say, ew, that sounds sexy? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> That's fucking gross. <laughs> Tina Fey. <laughs> fucking diseased maniac. Tina Fey, number three. Uh, I guess she's had 30 Rock. Um, and, of course, she. I think she writes Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So uh, people seem to adore her. Tina number, O'Fey. Number, was her middle of the show. Mm -hmm. Number two. Mm. Eddie Murphy. Ah, so John Belushi number one. Number one, Bill Murray. The one John Belushi not even not on the list. Not in the top ten of Ranker. Guess what? Go fuck yourselves. Let me tell you, you where people John don't Belushi deserve this is. world. Thanos coming at you. This is what you get for not appreciating John Belushi. John Belushi what? number you eighteen. You, you never saw the Continental Divide. <laughs> Number 18. That's, that's an underrated movie. John Belushi is number 18, sandwiched between number 19, David Spade, and number 17, Julia 
Louise Dreyfus. Oh my God. That's a that's a shame, I'd say. That's ignorance. That kind of is ignorant. Oh, Ranker, you really are a jerk sometimes. They've uh, been drinking that ignorant juice. All right. Oh, it's a song. So here, according to Suggest.com, while arguing about who the biggest SNL success is will bring many opinionated responses, this list is based on the total box office their movies have brought in based on both starring and writing. All right, well, this has a little more, at least, uh, factual validity. All right, are you ready? Let's go. 20, Chevy Chase. Oh, Jesus, he was the same as the last one. 19. He was number 10. 19. Yeah. Amy Poehler. 18. What's your last name? Disorder. 18. Mm -hmm. John Lovitz. Uh, Oh, yeah. 17. David Koechner. 16. Not even a cast member, in my opinion. Oh, but, shit. But, okay, yeah, he was. He was on He was a fop. He was a fop, so I'll give him that. But, yeah, you know, you don't think of, you don't think of him in SNL. He's more like Anchorman. He, this is, he is an SNL alum. He gets, he gets to wear that badge. Okay. Number 16, Molly Shannon. I thought they were going to say Molly Hatchet, man. I would prefer Molly Hatchet. I, didn't, I was not a big fan of Molly Shannon. Number 15, Christine Wig. All right. She's good. Number 14, Lori Metcalf. Never met a calf I didn't like. You know who she who is, right? Is. No. She is best known for her role on the small screen as Jackie on Roseanne. Jackie. Oh, okay. She's got a she's got a mopey look. She uh she's mopey. She plays Andy's mother, the voice of Andy's mother in the Toy Story movies. Okay. Number 13, I think you'll like this one. <laughs> Brian Doyle Murray. Well, what a nice. 32 movies and $2.49 billion. Yeah, he's like a very wealthy character actor. Groundhog Day and Caddyshack. Uh, yes. Number Amongst others, you know what I like him in? I like him in... Uh, Sullivan and Sons. Uh, no, I like, yeah, well, yeah, but also Foul Play. Okay. Is it Foul Play? I don't know. No, wait. What's the movie, uh, what's the movie where he, uh... What, which, which is the movie with Dabney Coleman? Mend my broken wing. Oh, uh, that's not that. Oh, seems like I know. Modern problems. Modern problems. Terrible movie, but Brian Delmarie is very good. Okay. Next. Number twelve, Rob Schneider. Okay. His Le- movies. Uh, we can do it. Have brought in two point six nine billion dollars. You can do it. Number eleven, Bill Hader. Really? Yep. More successful than fucking. Okay, Schneider. Yep, films with films like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and Monsters University have helped him rake in two point. Wait a second, two point six seven billion. So he has point oh two billion less than Rob Schneider. Yet they've put him number eleven. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Number ten. Joan Cusack. She's Wizak. She is a, and she's another character actor. She is definitely one of a uh, 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 that gal. 
Number nine, right after Joan Cusack, is Mike Myers. Crazy. I that think is he crazy. Heard more, but he's been out of the game for a little while. That's what they're saying. They're saying he hasn't done much acting since Austin Powers and Shrek, but those movies are why he has Wayne's World. Two, yeah, they're not saying that. Two point eight nine billion. Let's not forget Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Number eight, Will. Farrell. Okay. Uh, he has starred in seemingly endless streams of beloved movies, including Elf and Anchorman. I love Elf. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. He starred in Anchorman? Will Farrell is Anchorman. Oh, what am I thinking of? I have no idea. A four-year-old virgin. Never mind. You listen to the podcast, the Anchorman podcast. Yeah, no, I'm st- cut that part out. I'm not cutting it out. <laughs> Number seven. Cut that part seven. of my brain out. Number seven. Yeah. Chris Rock. Okay. 3.07 billion. Well, that's a lot of money. Number six. Yeah. Adam Sandler. You know. For a time, Adam Sandler could not make anything wrong. Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison are just two classic films that can still make anyone laugh. All right. Now everything he makes is wrong, but... He still has brought in $3.2 billion. Yeah, everything you just wrote is wrong. You fuckers. Number five, Bill Murray. All right. Number four. Yeah. Ben Stiller. Never heard of him. Yes, you have. <coughs> uh, Zoolander. He's a cast member of Saturday Night Live. For a year. For a year. Yep. They, yeah, okay. He's one of those Anthony Michael Hall types. Yeah. Gilbert Gottfried types. I don't types. count him. Well, you have to. He's an alum. He is a real alum. How about Jay Moore? Number three. Jay, Jay Moore has not made this list. I'm I'm sorry to say. Jay Moore's. I love Jay Moore's. He was in Picture Perfect, which I love. Absolutely love. Wasn't he in some sort of uh, Ghost Hunter or he something? He was in my beloved Ghost Whisperer. Ghost Whisperer. I love Jay Moore. So uh, after Ben Stiller. We have number three, Robert Downey Jr. You don't yeah, like that, huh? No, I don't. This that's that's cheating. It's true that they were on the show. So what? I was on the show. You, no, you were on in the audience. Oh, <laughs> doesn't count. Okay. Number two, Dan Aykroyd. He was on the show. Yes. Now that man is prolific. Now and the number one. According to Suggest.com, of bon the top Jalousie. 20 most successful SNL alums, Eddie Murphy. Oh, come on. Again with the John Belushi? I said Eddie Murphy. No, they don't, they don't write it. He was not on he the list. He passed away. Yeah, he passed away. He passed the golden test. He's the best. No, this is most successful as far as box office. Oh, box office. Right. <laughs> He's more like box. Dave. Funeral box. That's called a casket. Casket. Oh, the record for the casket holder is. That's you're uh, a terrible person. A tisket, a tasket. So we did the ranker.com and now we've done suggest.com and I'm I'm kind of feel good about my my Eddie Murphy uh Okay, who's the critic's choice? <laughs> now fuck the critics because every critic's gonna be different. <laughs> I'm telling you, look, I love Sandler. He's very fun. His stuff is silly and fun. But Eddie Murphy. He's the number one box office drawer. Eddie Murphy. 
Yep. Crazy. Shrek, Beverly Hill Cops. Uh, See, yes. That Shrek shit is, shit is cheating. Why is it cheating? Nah, yeah, yeah, that's an animated bullshit. That ain't real. Well, no, Dave, no movies are real. Then unless it's, it's a they, documentary. They weren't, even in then, the mo- they weren't in the movie. Their voices they voices in the movie. Yeah. He's not a donkey. Uh-huh. He's no, that's right. He's not a donkey, but he's also not a Beverly Hill cop, Dave. No, he is a Beverly Hill cop. Oh, that's see. what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize. When that man acts, he really, he's a method actor, but you can't apply method acting to cartoons. I see. Well, he's not a, a prince from an African nation oh, who comes prince, to right. America with his friend who is uh, that other guy with the big finger. Magic Johnson? No, <laughs> no, the talk show guy. Oh, Arsenio. Yes, Arsenio Big Finger Hall. Because Magic Johnson was also a talk show guy. Was he? Yeah, the Magic Johnson show. Yeah, but he had big everything. Hey, take it ish. I'm just saying, he's a big dude. Ar- Arsenio Hall had this one he, like really ridiculously large finger. Um, anyway, so there's, there's a lot that Eddie Murphy has done and continues to do. Um, he's done some movies that were actually very popular. Uh, Hercules, Hercules, uh, Norbit, which we liked, we thought was funny. Everything he does is funny. Everything he does is funny. If you don't like it, uh, I think you're trying not to like it. You're trying to. Eddie Murphy is funny. All Eddie Murphy's got to do is raise his eyebrow, and he's funny. He's fucking funny, and he's cute as fuck, and he's still cute as fuck. And he was in that that Mr. Church movie, which is a complete drama, and it was really good. It was really good. Really good. So if you haven't seen that, you should see Dolomite. It. He was in uh, My Name is Dolomite. Or no, Dolomite is my name. I did that all during that podcast, too. I kept saying it wrong. Bitch, are you for real? That was really good. And he's doing Coming to America, too. And also, everybody's coming back. Uh, I think you mean also. No, number two. Oh, we have to? Okay, we'll take a break. Boy. <sighs> <laughs> Anyway, I love Eddie Murphy. So I love Eddie Murphy. Let me ask you something. Okay. Why was Paul Rudd never on Saturday Night Live as a as a as a uh, as a repertory uh, guy? Paul Rudd's star probably shined way too brightly for them to take him on. He probably went into that audition and did that beautiful Paul Rudd interpretive Wait, dance he, he does. I don't know. I, I wonder really if he don't ever know. did. I don't. I don't know. He's. I. I adore Paul Rudd. I feel like he's right in there. He could have been one of those guys. He probably could have been one of those guys. Instead, he chose to slap at a base. Slap at a base. I love. I love all Paul Rudd movies too. I the think weather outside is weather. The weather outside is weather. So okay. So there you go. So Eddie Murphy's the number one star. Yep. And no one even remembers fucking John Belushi. That's awful. That's awful that, well, you know, I could see him not being on this a particular list because he had passed away. And so he, um, you know, his movies didn't make as much as they, they could have. I mean, he had Animal House and Blues Brothers. Well, look, you know, Chevy Chase thought he was the standout star of the show. That's why he left so early. But clearly it was John Belushi. In the first, I think John Belushi was the, was the star of the show. Hi, I'm John Belushi. Just having a cup of coffee before the show. It's kind of a tradition with me. <laughs> Here at Saturday Night Live, we have another tradition that 
show is always open with the words, live from New York, it's, well, you know the rest. <laughs> Tonight our producer, Lauren Michaels, has convinced the NBC brass to let me say the words, so we'll start tonight's show. Now, it was no easy battle. I mean, we've done close to 50 shows, and this is the first time I've been allowed to do the opening. You see, I've got a bad reputation around NBC as a troublemaker. <laughs> the network brass think all oh, actors are stupid. So, uh, naturally, any actor who thinks for himself or has any sort of intellect is a troublemaker to them. I think John Belushi was, this, was definitely... That Joe I mean, Cocker was, shit? That Joe Cocker shit, the Blues Brothers shit, the Bees. Samurai. The Samurai. John Belushi was the fucking star. And then he hit Animal House and he became even bigger. Yeah. I mean, Animal House put him over the zap. And he didn't even really talk that much in Animal House. He was just a key. He doesn't have to talk. It's all in the eyebrows. Yeah. He had a great expression, uh, expressive face. Look at him in that clip that you like of his, uh, as the uh, Incredible Hulk. It's yes. all the eyebrows. I do love him. And when I was little, that was one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite sketches. Well, parts of it anyway. It, it's one of those that goes on too long. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. But towards the end. <clears throat> yeah, it's like for every 10 minutes, every one minute, there's like nine minutes of bad for that show probably. Yeah, I think maybe Ebersol had, the one thing Dick Ebersol did was, uh, that was good was to say, hey, we need to make these skits five minutes and under. I think that was the one thing he did that that was that made sense. He cut the segments down. Because that, that superhero one goes on for a real long time, just too long. It's the superhero party, and uh, one of my favorite parts of it is John Belushi, dressed as the Hulk, needs to use the can, and uh, when he finally does... He's he's wrecked it. <laughs> he's wrecked it for everyone. Hey, Hulk! Hulk, come on, you got a lot of people standing out here in line. <laughs> come on. Alright, alright, take it easy. Whoa! Whoa! Come on. Whoa. Come on. Is that the guy in there? Take it easy. It's not supposed to smell like roses. Come on. As much as I love John Belushi, I could see where he's not on the top 20 list of uh, success as far as money box office money but that ranker list is well it's you know another generation probably voting on it not mm -hmm. people our age or older but people you know like if we had kids that age or younger yeah well yeah yeah time passes so i would say that uh as far as the eras go there's been a few great eras uh Sandler, uh, Carvey, of course, the Eddie Murphy. Um, Phil Hartman. Phil, I mean, what? Phil Hartman, caveman lawyer. 100,000 years ago, a caveman was out hunting on the frozen wastes when he slipped and fell into a crevasse. In 1988, he was discovered by some scientists and thawed out. He then went to law school and became unfrozen caveman lawyer. He used to be a caveman, but now he's a lawyer. Unfrozen caveman lawyer. Brought 
to you by Gas Plus actually gives you gas for those times when you feel like being the Joker. And by National Escort Service. If we don't get a prostitute to your door within 15 minutes, you don't pay. And by Happy Fun Ball. Still legal in 16 states. It's happy, it's fun, it's Happy Fun Ball. And now, tonight's episode of Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Mr. Keyrock, are you ready to give your summation? It's just Keyrock, Your Honor, and yes, I'm ready. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm just a caveman. I fell in some ice and later got thawed out by some of your scientists. Your world frightens and confuses me. Sometimes the honking horns of your traffic make me want to get out of my BMW and run off into the hills or whatever. Sometimes when I get a message on my fax machine, I wonder, did little demons get inside and type it? I don't know. My primitive mind can't grasp these concepts. But there is one thing I do know. When a man, like my client, slips and falls on a sidewalk in front of a public library, then he is entitled to no less than two million dollars in compensatory damages and two million dollars in punitive damages. Thank you. Phil Hartman, uh, his audition is flawless. Oh, is it? Yeah, you watch all these other people's auditions, they kind of suck. Watch Phil Hartman's audition. It's fucking like he's... He's completely polished. He's, he's got the most polished audition out of anyone. He's perfect. He's like one of the greater losses, right? Yeah. That's he's just a, a, the, the industry. Dumb bitch and a cocaine. Was it cocaine again? Yeah, cocaine again. The they cocaine. Should, they should make that shit illegal. Yeah, right. Honestly. Either that or cheaper. I, I feel like... Don't, don't mention crack or freebase unless you got some. Is that a joke? Well, that's a line from Hollywood Shuffle. Oh, I see. For a racist, I know a lot about black people. You're not a racist. Don't oh, say that. Oh, come on now. Sure I am. Oh, God. Just a little. Oh, my God. Dave, I'm cutting this all out. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> For fuck's sake, bro. Uh, uh. Anyway. Uh, let's move along. Mm -hmm. Favorite... News anchor. It's got to be Dennis Miller, Chachi. Dennis Miller, Chachi. All right. Yeah, probably Dennis Miller. I'm gonna go. Uh, you know what? I take that back. I'm go. I'm going. Oh, now. you stole my answer. You you're trying to steal my answer, so I'm going to preempt your second answer. All right. And I am going to put my foot down and say Norm Macdonald. Yeah, it really is Norm Macdonald. You son of a bitch. Thing is, I think of Norm Macdonald more as a, uh, I don't know. I, I I don't even think of him as that anymore. I think of him just as insane. But you know what? It is Norm Macdonald. He was the best. That's why he was removed from his position. Because uh, he was so good. He he got fired from Weekend Update because he was so good. <laughs> that being said, Dennis Miller is second to, to 
nor McDonald's. McDonald's version of Weekend Update often included references to prison rape, crack whores, and the Germans' love of Baywatch star David Hasselhoff. McDonald would occasionally deliver a piece of news, then take out his personal compact tape recorder and leave a note to self relevant to what he just discussed. He commonly used Frank Stallone as a non-sequitur punchline, and McDonald repeatedly ridiculed public figures such as Marion Barry, Hillary Clinton, Michael Jackson, and O.J. Simpson. Throughout Simpson's murder trial, McDonald constantly pilloried the former football star, often heavily implying Simpson was guilty of the brutal slaying of his ex-wife Nicole and her friend Ronald Goldman. In the broadcast following Simpson's acquittal, McDonald opened Weekend Update by saying, Well, it is finally official. Murder is legal in the state of California. In early 1998, Don Allmeyer, president of NBC's West Coast Division, had McDonald removed as Weekend Update anchor, citing declining ratings and a drop-off in quality. McDonald and others believed that the real reason for his dismissal was his series of jokes calling O.J. Simpson a murderer during and after the trial. Allmeyer was good friends with Simpson and supported him during the proceedings. Well, there you go. Word on the street is that uh, Norm McDonald had a bit of a gambling habit. Oh, is that true? He seems like a sports type of dude. On Twitter, he's always like live tweeting golf and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, word on the street. I think word on the street is Artie Lang, I think, said something about that. You can't believe that man. Don't believe a word that man says. Yeah, he's an addict. He is an addict. But he's funny. Him funny addict. It's it's sad. Oh, come here, funny addict, and they can be a raff. Have you seen his nose? No, but if you do see it, please return it to him. It's really... Uh, it's missing. It's really... It's hard to look at. It's a shell of what it used to be. It's not... It's... It's it's collapsed. Yes. All right. Anyway, that's this is not about Fridays. Cracking. Not Fridays. What is this show? Uh, Mad TV. This show called Cracking. So... Yeah. Do you have a favorite movie that came out of a Saturday Night Live character? Uh... Well... So there's... Blues Brothers, Wayne's World, Coneheads. I never liked the Coneheads. Yeah, they didn't make that movie the way they wanted it to be made. I no, I didn't. No, no, no. I never liked the skit. Wow. Oh. I never thought <clears throat> I. I didn't like the voices. They drove me nuts. Um, Wayne's World Two. It's Pat Stewart saves his family. Blues Brothers Two Thousand. A Night at the Roxbury. Superstar. The Ladies Man and MacGruber. Gruber, that's very funny. I think it's got to be Blues Brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, that's just a, that's a really good movie. Um, I think that is, is, according to Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, and CinemaScore, the Blues Brothers, the best of the Saturday Night Live movies. Oh, and first. The what? And the first. And the first. And uh, do you want to guess what they think the worst one is? Night at the Roxbury. Well, according to Rotten Tomatoes, (laughs) hold on, It's Pat has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 
All right. Well, um, I guess that'll be it for today's episode of our our reminiscing about Saturday Night Live. Uh, our favorite things. Oh, we don't watch it anymore. Um, we don't even have the channel. <laughs> but uh, I guess if we if there's something on, like I know Eddie Murphy hosted the other day, and I saw I saw his most recent uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, which was very funny yeah did you see that i did not very very fucking funny all right we will see you uh i guess next next time america all right i'll be here excellent hello Welcome to another edition of Game Time with Randy and Greg, your one-stop shop for sports talk. I'm former NFL running back Randy Dukes, and with me as always is my co-host Greg. Greg is not an alien, and today we're going to be talking about (laughs) one thing, baseball. We want to know who's got October fever, so let's go to the phones. Our first caller is our old friend Eddie from York, Pennsylvania. Eddie. You're on game time. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, First off, Randy, I got to say, you thought I was a chump for backing the Angels. Well, who's the chump now, chump? Who's the chump now, chump? (laughs) 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 All right, you got me. Yeah, also, uh, hey, what's it like working with an alien? Greg is not an alien. Let's move on to the next call. (laughs) 